Hey, welcome back to another MarTech Interviews. Uh, on the line today, I have Steve Woodruff. Steve has written Clarity Wins, uh, a book about getting heard and getting referred. And Steve's also a good friend of mine, so looking forward to the show. This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to MarTech Interviews. A good friend of mine on the line, and we've only met in person once, right, Steve? That's correct, just one time. Yeah, but but uh, I feel like this virtual friendship, uh, we've got to be 10 years now or something like that. Yeah, I believe so. Probably 2007, 2008, we first uh, stumbled across each other. We were a couple of the earlier marketing bloggers. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and Steve has been hilarious to uh, read uh, over the years. The advice that you're giving uh, definitely helped me change my business and uh, and get some direction with what I was doing. Uh, but I'll, I'll give an example. I should probably read an example. I didn't have one handy. You might have one handy, Steve. But Steve loves to take a website or marketing material or email or LinkedIn profile and find the most aggravating, ridiculously <laughs> tech-wordy nonsense and and show it as an example out there and i love every example that you show and um and what it's what it's done for me is made me really self-aware of my own abuse of of vocabulary marketing vocabulary <laughs> <laughs> i've actually unfortunately it's had the effect of pe- making people very self-conscious around on me so they're they suddenly go oh, i don't know if it's going to find a jargon in my posts or not and, and uh, you know I, I try to i try to take it easy on friends and and uh, and be mostly anonymous with people i don't know when i find their stuff i just sort of cut and paste without a name uh, except except in the case of businesses that publicly put out ridiculous yeah. uh, websites and horrible jargon and i will publicly shame them <laughs> Well, I love it. And uh, the story that I, I tell people and I shared with you as well was you made me go back to my own website. Uh, you didn't you didn't personally reach out. But after reading time and a time again and seeing what you were getting at and, and understanding, you know, how clarity basically does make a huge difference. I went back and changed the verbiage on my own website and simplified it and made it uh, you know, like I was answering a friend, you know, if a friend asked me what I did. Uh, and so when I did that, guess what? People absolutely reacted and understood uh, what I was doing for my clients. And uh, and so thank you, because uh, I got rid of all of my jargon and it really helped my business. Well, I remember when you did that, because uh, you took seriously the, the charge that I, I give to all businesses, which is articulate the business pain and how do you solve it? And uh, it, that sounds really simple, and it is. It sounds really basic, and it is. But the vast majority of individuals and companies do not put that right up front. Here's the problem. Here's how we fix it. Here's why we're wonderful and differentiated. And you, you just took that and ran with it and then immediately came up with a very straightforward and simple message. Well, and you describe this in your new book, uh, Clarity Wins, which I would uh, absolutely recommend to everybody. It is, uh, uh, it's it's actually a really in-depth book, but it's a quick read. 
Uh, I don't know. It, it's because of your clarity, I guess. <laughs> well, I was determined to make it a short read because uh, I've read many, many business books. And my comment after almost every single one to myself or to others is this is one third or one half too long. Uh, just too much verbiage, too many things, too much repetition. I don't know if it's a, a carryover from traditional publishing that they want things to be 70,000, 80,000 words. Uh, but I just I just found most of these books are too long. So I ended up uh, at about 40,000 words, very dense, no fluff, yep. and uh, makes it simple to read. And, and I certainly don't think uh, the, the reader's any poorer, poorer for having uh, half the size of some of these other volumes. I totally agree. And I'll walk through. I don't want to, obviously, we want to tease your book. We want people to go buy your book. But uh, the great thing is the organization of the book is fantastic. You start with uh, the business challenge that people are up against when it comes to clarity uh, and then how to create clarity. Then you talk uh, about referral networking strategy uh, so that you can get that word out. And, and then really optimizing and honing uh, your strategy. And so it's a nice four-step, you know, kind of process that any business person, any marketer, business person can take and kind of chunk out and, and, and really creates a process for them uh, to fine tune. So let's, let's start with the business challenge. Can you speak a little bit to that section and, and why, why are we in this mess where, where companies just can't seem to communicate their value? Uh, in a word, in a single word, noise. So uh, we are surrounded, we are inundated by advertisements and by online media and offline and uh, the number of ad impressions, the number of times we touch our phones, the number of uh, sensory impressions that we get, as, as we all know, uh, is multiplying exponentially. Uh, so we've got a huge problem. Oops. And uh, see, there's that's what I mean. Uh, <laughs> and think about that. There's a, one dog barking for a few moments. But what if that dog was barking <laughs> all the time? That's what we're up against is <laughs> the noise and the distraction. Uh, so I don't care whether it's a small brand or a solopreneur or a, somebody looking for a new career or whatever. We have this one common competitor, the noise. And therefore, uh, our key, our most important thing we can do is figure out how do I rise above the noise? How do I break through the noise? And that's why I start with that in the book, because I don't care what, how many other particular competitors or hurdles or issues any business or brand or person has. This is the big one we all have. Yeah, I totally agree. And I you know, the the analogy that I always give people is, you know, like a Netflix analogy, you know, where you have, you know, whatever, thousands and thousands of shows that you could watch and you're perusing them and you're watching the first few seconds to see if you're interested. Yes. And, and if your attention isn't grabbed to where the, you're going to spend another five minutes watching it, you know, you're gone. But once someone captures your attention and then keeps your attention, they can maintain it and keep it for hours and days, in, in fact, on Netflix, you know, but but and, and but it's that split second because we all have we have millions of choices out there. And Correct. so that first, you know, few seconds, that first 
uh, glimpse into some somebody's business, you have to really clarify what you're saying and what you do for people. I figure, Doug, that we have somewhere between in most interactions, and that by interactions, I even mean uh, landing on the home page of our website or the beginning of a sales pitch. We have maybe 15 to 30 seconds, at the most 60 seconds, to to gain attention, to somehow break through everything else that's uh, a distraction in, in people's minds, and to show relevance, to get to some kind of what's in it for me, for the person that we're talking to. And if we're not getting attention and showing relevance within that first, say, 30 seconds, we've lost it. Yeah. We've lost the opportunity. And this, to me, that's, and I call that the, the first moment of truth. Uh, that first moment of truth, to me, is one of the most important things any business can get right. If we do not gain the minds of people and get a message into their heads in the first 30 seconds, then what the heck are we doing? Yeah. That is the first moment of truth. Now, interestingly enough, though, that leads to the second moment of truth, which is if I've planted information, if I've created a word picture in your mind of who I am, what I do and who I do it for. And tomorrow you're talking to George Schmidt and he says, oh, you know what? I really need this and this. And you go. Ah, that's Steve. Steve does that. And you make a referral. Now I've won at the second moment of truth, mm. which is you are now part of my unpaid sales force. And everybody knows that referral business is the best business. So clarity is about activating a referral network. And that's what makes it not only a matter of selling effectively, but also being the best way to create uh, a new business environment. Yeah. I, I, and honestly, we're both digital marketers, right? Uh, and I, and I, I truly believe that um, as I look at the internet, uh, people are often surprised that, you know, I work on SEO and I work on, you know, websites and I work on conversion optimization. I do all of these things for a client, but ultimately what I'm really just trying to do is, you know, make a, make a site and a digital presence that's trustworthy. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if you're referred, trust is already, you know, part of that relationship with a referral, but now right. it's just validation when I go to a website and I feel like we've given consumers and businesses all the tools that they need to research people, products, you know, companies online and so if you're if you're able to get that communication across through that network and then someone can just validate it through your digital presence, now they're going to call, you know, they're going to connect. But to your point, it all starts with that clarity. It all starts with, you know, that absolute pinpoint message. Now, uh, as you keep going in and I'm not going to I'm not going to like I said, I'm, I'm going to tease the book, but I'm not going to talk, uh, you know, in depth about it, but you talk about the five elements of clarity within the book and, and really provide kind of a roadmap for a business person to go down. Um, but then when I get to the optimization, that's where I really loved what you were saying to people is there's a real mistake, I think in, in our, uh, online or, or in marketing in general, where companies want to be everything to everybody. They don't mm -hmm. want to, they, they feel like they shouldn't exclude anybody because that's going to, you know, that's going to limit the top of their bucket, 
you know, the top of their funnel. Right. And, and, um, and you really go the opposite direction that I love. And can you talk about that optimization? Yeah, I was having a breakfast this morning with a, a, a businessman here in Nashville that I, I really like. And we've gotten to know each other over the last few years. He provides uh, cash flow insurance, which I actually discuss a, a case study about uh, Tate Parker in my book. And uh, he was telling me that in, in his industry, uh, the they get like 10 people at the top of the funnel. And then typically they get maybe three people who look for a quote and then they get one that actually uh, then moves forward with the presentation. And so he was talking about, you know, how do we double sales? Well, we have to double the top of the funnel. And I'm thinking, and I said, no, how do we figure out who the three are? <laughs> right. And, you know, why are we wasting time with all these others if we can pinpoint what I call the bullseye customer, not just a generic target market, but the bullseye customer? If I can paint that portrait in my own mind, and then in the minds of others, then I can get referrals that are targeted. So uh, I use the uh, analogy of the pigeonhole. And as you know, people hate the, uh, initially, they hate the idea, oh, I don't want to be pigeonholed. I, you know, that I want to make sure I can get all my opportunities. Well, as soon as you say, I'm, I'm going to have a broad funnel, I'm going to have 25 different keywords, I'm going to pursue 8 billion potential uh, customers, We've already, you've lost, you have no message. And so uh, we have to pigeonhole accurately and intelligently by saying this is the exact type of customer I work with. This is their size. This is their location. This is the pain that they're feeling. This is what they're looking for because that's the best revenue for us. That's our sweet spot. So it's our job to determine our sweet spot and then to let people know what that sweet spot is so they the right customers to us. Otherwise, we're just spinning our wheels and having a bunch of churn that is a waste of time. And the irony there, of course, is that once you really clarify that message, get your referral network working for you, that top of funnel will go to 20. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it'll be 20 people that are a perfect fit. Well, it's a narrower funnel. And that's the yeah. point is you actually want to have a narrow funnel. Uh, and you want to have as many of the right people that you can uh, work with so that you're not doing work outside of your sweet spot. You're doing the kind of work that is optimal for you. And you and I had this discussion some months ago about uh, clients that you could serve or have served that were sort of one-shot deals versus clients that, have, uh, that retain you and pay on a monthly basis. And uh, retained clients are way, way better to build a business on if you can come up with an offering and, and a very clear way of doing business so that you can, you're can you aiming at the best clients. Right. And, and that's one of the, the transitions you've made in the recent years is to, to move more toward a very targeted group of clients. That means that you're wasting less time with a generic business building efforts. Yeah, and 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 having to rebuild that trust all over again with every single client, right? You know, Correct. if I if I can maintain a client for ten years, which I have one client that it has been with me for ten years. Guess what? It's uh, we know each other's motions before we even you know open up. He knows 
He knows how long it's going to take me to do work. He, he knows the expectations. I understand his expectations. And so there's, we don't, it's almost a non-communication between us, you know, to, to get things done Uh, Mm -hmm. because, because we're used to working with each other and that's a hard relationship to establish with someone. Yeah, but boy, is it worth it in the long term. And uh, I spoke with someone recently who'd had a, uh, an agency and, and employed a bunch of people and made the decision to uh, close that down. It was just becoming too difficult to, to maintain, and, and it was a, a real problem. Uh, but uh, as a, now as a solo consultant, he's got a, a couple of long-term customers that he can just work with. And, and uh, in many respects, it's a much less troublesome arrangement now. Ah, that's fantastic. Um, I want to pass on a kudos to you, too. Uh, One, uh, of course, you're a good friend, and and over the years I've really um, enjoyed our relationship together. But the second is I I really – when I picked up this book, I knew, you know, I knew Steve and I, I knew what you did for clients and I understood that you helped them hone their messaging and, and really, uh, you, you know, build that clarity with clients. Uh, but the one surprise when I actually picked up the book, um, I heard, you know, get heard and get referred was I thought this was going to be a book all about just, you know, that branding and that, and that, and that messaging. And I really love the fact that you pulled that into why the message carries from a referral standpoint as well. Um, so masterful job on that because I've seen referral marketing guides, um, but referral marketing guides never started with, <laughs> Hey, do you have a message that can be heard? Right. You know, it was always the the tactical of referral marketing and, uh, and, and, and putting these two together, as I look at my own business, my most profitable relationships and my best clients have come from exactly what you're talking about. So this really is truly uh, a good, just a foundation for any business out there. Well, interestingly enough, the the practice, the Clarity Consulting practice grew out of a consultancy that I started 12 years ago, which is a referral consultancy, uh, a matchmaking business, basically in the, in the pharmaceutical space, matchmaking uh, commercial training organizations, uh, pharma companies, with outsourced vendors. So uh, what happened is that a lot of these vendors did not do a good job uh, positioning themselves, differentiating. In some cases, they didn't even know what they were best at. Uh, so in order to be a referral agent, I had to sit down with them and help them brand. And it, mm. that's, this is how the whole Clarity Consulting thing emerged. It emerged out of a referral marketing setup. Uh, and so Clarity in and of itself is incredibly important, but it's a means to an end in this case, in this book, of uh, can we use Clarity to actually make a big difference in our business? And that is generating referrals. In point of fact, the basics of referral, of, of clarity, go way beyond uh, selling or referring and go into effective communications. Right. And, and I've been working on a, a clarity formula for communications that uh, is not in the book. It's sort of grown out of the book. Uh, and I'm beginning to, to offer this workshop to some of my corporate clients on how do you take these clarity principles and how do you instill it into an environment where people learn to simply communicate clearly 
Uh, and that's an exciting branch of this that's that's going on that uh, it, this goes beyond referral and sales into a lot more areas of communication. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, uh, as an example there, I, I worked with uh, an intern, this is many moons ago, an intern that was a graphic design intern. And her graphic design wasn't honed because she was, you know, young and, uh, you know, didn't have much experience in everything else. But I, her, I knew her father and her father said, you know, how's she doing? And I said, well, you know, her, her graphic design is okay. And, uh, and that'll just take time and practice and everything else. I said, but I, I've got to tell you that she is going to be just a brilliant graphic designer because one of the things that she does incredibly well is listen to the client mm. and, and communicate with them and ask the right questions. And, uh, and I never, you know, I never put those pieces together, but I, I just told him she's going to be unbelievable. Uh, hmm. and now she is, she's actually moved to New York and is working for a huge company out there and is very successful. And, uh, and so, you know, there's a graphic designer. The, the other one is developer. Every developer that I've ever met, that's been really, truly talented, has been someone that's been able to absolutely articulate the business case, you know, and then provide, you know, a solution that incorporates human, you know, functionality and everything else into it. And so I, I, I love that uh, because it's it's absolutely the case. I, I tell people my success in business has been the ability to translate Klingon to English, you know, and <laughs> and that's that I get to work with the technical side of the business and the business side, but I'm able to communicate to them both in the language that they understand. And, um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, you're, you're nailing it. That's absolutely brilliant. I had a, I got an inquiry right after the book was launched from someone that's running the communications program for a, a pretty major league incubator for entrepreneurs connected with the university of California. And uh, he was asking if I'm going to be out in the area because one of the things, as you know, that startups in particular uh, in the technical areas, uh, they have to learn how to speak human uh, so that, you know, cling on to English, but also have to learn how to speak business if they're going to talk to investors and others uh, in a very practical way. And, and this is a huge area of need, uh, yes. clarity of communications for anybody that's involved in the technical field, but particularly if they're both involved in technical and business. Uh, I have a friend who does a lot with startups and she says, this is a constant need. They can have these great ideas, but they don't know how to communicate them. Yeah. I, and people, how many people have built the killer app, but because they don't understand how to communicate the value of that application, you know, they focus on features and they focus on the platform or the infrastructure right. and, and all the business people's eyes glaze over and nobody buys their product. Correct. Nobody wants to hear the details of your database threads in your middleware. They want to know what problem you're solving. And uh, uh, they, unfortunately, many people are, get caught in what I call uh, what Steven Pinker from Harvard called the curse of knowledge, that uh, once you're immersed in the forest and trees of your own stuff, um, you often assume that everybody else knows what you know. And so you start speaking in this tribal language that's above, over the head of everybody else and you fail to communicate. Uh, so one of my things, and you, you do this well also is there's a sort of a translation service you have to provide, Yes. you know, here's all this stuff, but here's what it means. Here's what it means to real people. And for a lot of folks, that is not an easy bridge to cross. 
Well, and your book, your book absolutely points it out as a challenge and then provides some exercises, you know, on, uh, I think, I think the great chapter is speaking human. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, uh, for everybody listening, we are we are talking to Steve Woodruff. Uh, Steve is an entrepreneur, marketer, consultant, speaker, uh, and of course an author. <laughs> and uh, and you had mentioned before, but your your clients include solopreneurs all the way up to top five pharma. Um, and you are I'm reading the back of the book, by the way. Uh, you are obsessed with clarity, networking, and coffee. That's oh, something, yes. that's something that we have in um, in common as well. And I, I am uh, just so thankful that you took and organized your thoughts and put it into this incredible book. Uh, and so where should people go, one, to buy the book, uh, two, to follow you, and then uh, if there's uh, any other resources that we should include in our show notes, uh, let's blurt them out as well. So I've made it easy for anybody to buy the book. It's uh, it's available on Amazon, and uh, but I made a link uh, called claritywins.org. And so if you go to claritywins.org, it just leads right to the Amazon page. Um, and then my website is clarityfuel.com, uh, which is more about my clarity consulting practice. So uh, those two uh, links are all anybody needs. And uh, you mentioned about uh, loving coffee. And one of my favorite things to do, and, and I've, I've looked at all these different things about marketing and, and, you know, the technology and someone like you will talk about the marketing stack. <laughs> what I like is just sitting down with people face to face or sometimes screen to screen, uh, sipping coffee and just talking. And yes. if I can get 20, 30 minutes with somebody and just start asking questions and digging in, that's where the magic happens. And that is what I love doing most of all is uh, sitting down one on one or one on small groups and just brainstorming this stuff because there is always, always a differentiating message somewhere. It's just a matter of finding it. It's like it's like treasure hunting. It's so much fun. Well, and you're an acute listener. And I think that's a. a, a a skill that has to be honed and crafted over time to be able to find those nuggets, you know, as people are talking and talking. So, uh, what better to be sipping coffee while you're listening to somebody? Oh yeah. It's great. My wife thinks I'm cute too. Oh, oh no. a oh, cute. Okay. Sorry. About that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Steve, I, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and, uh, for everybody out there, like I said, we'll have show notes where, uh, you can find the book obviously, uh, and I would encourage you all please to follow Steve too. He is just one of the nicest guys in the industry as well. Um, so thank you so much for spending time. I know you got to be busy. Um, you, you have your international book tour and your security <laughs> guards are probably standing next to you. And, and uh, no, dude, I didn't settle for that. I've <laughs> gone with the first intergalactic book tour. So Elon Musk is out there with my SpaceX rocket and I am about to head out. For you know the world's first intergalactic book tour. Uh, <laughs> wish me luck and see you in another life, I guess. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Steve. All right, Doug. Thanks for having me. Take care. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.